This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Sage Rosenfels was uh, on that Vikings team that played the Saints last in the playoffs, 2009 NFC Championship game. And I feel like, first of all, thank you for joining us, Sage. We uh, we always appreciate the time. It feels like people are billing this weekend's game as experienced Drew Brees against inexperienced zero playoff starts Case Keenum, um, which I think discredits all the other components that are going to matter in this game. What do you think? Well, it's a big component in the game, and I, I think it's important. I, mean, I, I think that a uh, quarterback with as much playoff experience that Breeze has is, is an advantage, and, and having a quarterback with no playoff experience is a disadvantage. I, I think there's nothing wrong with that statement. I think the Vikings are a better football team. They've, they've got more depth. They've got better players at more positions, uh, but at the most important position, you know, and I love Case Keenum. He's done some unbelievable things this year. Uh, in this situation, I would take Drew Breeze if I had a choice of, of quarterbacks. Hey, Sage, take me through the uh, jump and play that Case is going to experience uh, going from what he did, what he uh, just got done facing to a playoff game. Well, I think that, you know, there's, I remember my rookie year, uh, it was like during the, it was during summer, maybe it was during training camp, and I was with the Washington Redskins. This guy, Jimmy Ray, was our offensive coordinator, and and one time he took me aside and we were talking about the speed of the game. He said, you know, there's different there's different speeds of the game. There's there's preseason football, there's regular season football, and then there's playoff football. And, you know, the, the, there's players just put it on the line even more at the end of the season. And it's, you know, it's the best players in the league who, uh, who are over the course of 16 games, uh, uh, you know, basically they're, they're one of the best teams. They know who they are. Uh, they, they know what they do well. They know what the other teams do well. There's a lot of tape to watch. Uh, so you just can't make very many mistakes because uh, the game gets so fast in the playoffs. Uh, and players uh, said that they know, they know their offensive and defensive schemes so well uh, that a lot of times these types of games just come down uh, to a mistake here or there. Uh, and, and I think that's why playoff football is so fun to watch because, you know, one small mistake, uh, even in the first quarter, you, you know, even mistakes mm-hmm. in the first quarter, can cost you and, and, and cause you to, to lose a football game in the end. How tough does it uh, get to be in a game like this as well, Sage, uh, not to try to do too much? Well, yeah, I, mean, I think and, that, and that's, that's sort of case, Case's deal, right? I mean, he's this guy who's a very good executor, and occasionally he becomes a very good playmaker. And I think that's what's so, what sort of separated him from you know, Sam Bradford uh, as the quarterback, was that he had this extra element that when things break down, he can create and make some plays off schedule. Uh, the problem with that is occasionally when you do that, you, you make a throw that you think is going to be a good throw, but then there's a, a safety or linebacker that you just didn't see. Uh, you know, when, when the pocket broke down, you're scrambling out of the pocket and you throw it right to him. 
Uh, and Case has done that this year. So uh, he needs to continue to try to just execute the offense uh, and make plays when he can, but not force anything. And that's why I think playoff, you know, these playoff games get really tight because most quarterbacks, you know, think to themselves, you don't want to make the big mistake. You want to live for another day. Punting is okay. And so there's usually less, you know, sort of wild plays made in the playoffs, uh, which has really been something that Case has been phenomenal at all season. Yeah. Sage Rosenfels uh, joining us here, Mackie and Judd. How would you stack up this Vikings roster and the the 2009 Vikings team that uh, went to the NFC Championship game that you played on? I was just thinking about this last night. Uh, I think it was because Brad Childress retired. Yep. <laughs> you know, Daryl Bevel uh, got fired last night. Eric Bieniemy took over. So all these old Vikings coaches, you know, from that 2009 year, were in the news. Um, and so. I started thinking about that roster. You know, we were 12 and four in 2009. This year, this team was 13 and three. This team has a lot of talent. They've got a lot of really good players. Uh, th- this team might have more, maybe almost more depth uh, than that team, but that team had some superstar players. I, 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 I'm thinking four Hall of Famers. You know, Brett Favre, Adrian Peterson, Jared Allen and probably maybe Steve Hutchinson, yeah. a Hall of Famers. Kevin Williams is sort of one of those fringe, maybe Hall of Fame type guys. Um, so that team had, I believe, more talent. But I believe this team is much better coached. I really do. Uh, I, you know, th- that defensive scheme uh, was not an attacking style of defense. It was a bend-don't-break defense. So didn't feel like we could really use the talent we had on defense to our advantage. Um, and offensively, uh, I don't think we made the most of your know, Agent Pearson not, did not have a great year. Percy Harvin, uh, as a rookie, was – I mean, I'd, I'd never seen a guy who was that fast and strong uh, and, and could run the ball and catch the ball. Uh, I had not seen a player like that in my time in the NFL at that time. So uh, I, I think that 2009 team had more talent. I think this 2017 team uh, is, is better coached, and that's why they won 13 football games with a backup quarterback. How much do you now look back on that uh, 2009 title game and th- think about what transpired there, Case or Sage? Uh, My bad. How much? Do I, okay. How much do I think about? Uh, yeah, about that game. I try not to think about it so much. I think this time of year, it's just natural for it to come right. up. Or when I see the Saints in the playoffs, or even the Vikings in the playoffs, it just it's you know I, those sort of feelings of playoff football come back and and uh, you know for me that 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 championship game down in New Orleans. Uh, I will, you know, have memories of the rest of my life. I mean, that's why I wrote that Sports Illustrated article uh, about that game. I, I couldn't get that game out of my mind for, for days, and I just started writing things down and and and, and left it on my computer. And, and you know, what is three, four years later, retired, and, and was talking to Peter King, and and ended up uh, sending him that story. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that 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 game means uh, means a lot to me. Meant a lot to me. Uh, it was. Um, it was quite the atmosphere. It was, there were so many moments in that football game uh, that uh, uh, that they are etched in my memory. I'm sure a lot of other uh, players' memory from both from both teams uh, for the rest of our lives. Yeah, we uh, first of all, people. The the article you're referencing, I saw you tweeted it in the last couple of days. So people go find Sage's Twitter account if you missed the uh, the SI.com article where he kind of recaps the the game. Go find it and read it if you haven't. We had Longwell on the show for 20 minutes yesterday, just telling stories and. And he was talking about I me. Mean, he was kicking down the sidelines, practicing for what for a kick that never happened. And he was talking about the about two plays being signaled in. And what's what's one thing behind the scenes that we didn't see on TV or didn't see watching the game 
that if if this would have happened differently or been communicated differently in the last like five minutes of regulation or even the last two minutes that would have potentially swung history in your mind? Well, I mean, I think the twelve men the huddle play yeah. is, is 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 that's the play. I mean, that's the play that uh, that really cost us the game. And that's what I mean is, is you know, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, with case or, or turnovers. I mean, every play is so viable. And, you know, usually just one random penalty doesn't cost you a football game. But in that instance, it, it did. It cost us a, a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And I think we would have won the Super Bowl, you know, that year. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I don't know, and it's it's interesting because Eric Bieniemy was just hired yesterday, and and at the time he took, uh, you know, after that game that Monday morning, he took responsibility uh, for the twelve man the huddle play. And I don't think it was really his fault, uh, but he did, and that's the type of guy EB is, and that's why you know players have always liked him. That's why Andy Reid just made him his offensive coordinator. He is one of those guys who will take responsibility and, and take the fall and fall on the sword, uh, 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 you know, for the rest of the team. And um, so it was a really interesting situation. I think we were in about a third and two, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe third and third and one or something like that. And we called this this play that sort of looks like a run, and but you get this fullback in the flat, uh, and it's usually always a fullback. Um, but but in that situation, we wanted to do it with uh, with a, a three wide receiver set with no fullback in the football game. It was sort of a new. It was one of those plays that you can run out of multiple personnel groups, and this one we had. It was a sort of Bernard. Uh, it was a bunch formation. Bernard Barian was the was the flat. The guy that was supposed to be in the flat, and and being that it's almost always a fullback. Ninety five percent of the time, when you call that type of play, that type of, of play action, it's a regular you know a fullback in the flat. So that's why uh, you know Fahey went into the game, and, and we ended up having twelve in the huddle. And and then what 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 for me for me I remember I remember that uh, that we called the same play again. And that was always something that I, I never really, you know, said, I didn't say anything about, that, obviously, to Daryl Bevel or Childress or anything, but I was really surprised that we called the exact same play again because now we're in about a third and seven situation. And, and you know, the old, the old play action with the fullback type player in the flat is not going to work, you know, in, in, in that type of play because the defense is going to play a little bit more, uh, you know, a little more coverage and, and a little, little bit less blitz. We're expecting blitz on the original, uh, you know, third down. And so, so that's that's something that's interesting about the end of that game, and, and as soon as we got to that bunch formation, actually the uh, the New Orleans Saints were in some sort of man coverage. They were in some sort of blitz, and they checked out of it. Jonathan Thelma knows they need those bunch formations. If you're playing man to man, it's really easy to get picked. So they checked out of it into cover two, uh, which you know you have those hard corners in the flat, which meant Bernard Barron was not going to be open, which is why Brett Favre ended up scrambling, which is why we ended up throwing he ended up throwing that interception. Yeah. So was was in retrospect now, uh, does Brett take any responsibility for the 12 men? Because I remember it being uh, talked about shortly after that, that that one of the quarterback's jobs, uh, Sage, is to stand outside and basically count heads first and then go in in to give the plays so that it doesn't end up being 12 men. Was there responsibility there or, or was that not his fault at all? No, I don't think it's Brett's fault. I mean, I think that does happen. You know, you're in the huddle. You're, you know, you have your offensive lineman. It's usually quarterbacks on the left side of the huddle. Let's just say. So you have your offensive lineman, uh, you know, to your left, and you have all the sort of skill position players to right, receivers, running backs, tight ends, and and usually you can sort of count them. You know, where's where and who is who and how many do I have in here? And when you have, uh, you know, already 
five guys to your right, five skill position players, and you see somebody coming on the field, mm-hmm. that's when you a lot of times see quarterbacks step out uh, of the huddle because uh, they're worried they're going to have you know twelve in the huddle. But I think at that at that point that that was not you know, you know I don't think that was Far's. <laughs> you can't blame Far for that. You can blame blame him for the interception. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't blame him for that. That was on the players and the players and the coaches on the sideline uh, who should have been more organized before they ran to the football field. Awesome. Hey, great stuff. Hey, what, what, are you doing uh, writing, podcasting? Where can people find uh, your stuff these days if you're doing stuff? Yeah, I do a Locked On Vikings podcast. Uh, it's actually five days a week. I go on three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, I think you can find it all over the place. I, I, don't know, I think it's on Spotify now. It was audio boom before. So it's, it's, that's, you can find that Locked On Vikings. Uh, I write an article for The Athletic uh, every Thursday. Uh, you know, th- throughout the base of the second half of the season. And I'm not sure how much I'll do in the off season, but I write solely about the Vikings on Thursday. And then on Mondays, uh, I write about uh, just general quarterback play and offenses and, and teams around the NFL uh, for the score.com, uh, which is an app and a website. So nice. I'm, I'm busy enough staying busy here in quasi-retirement uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. And, and I'm really happy that I get to get to cover the Vikings. And I'll be at the game on Sunday. I'll be up there cool. uh, rooting on the home team. And uh, also, you know, sort of working because uh, I'm sure I'll be writing about the game uh, the following week. Uh, say since he's done now, give us your favorite chili story. <laughs> My favorite chili your, story. Your favorite Brad oh, Childress story. I have I have a whole bunch of least favorite. Well, <laughs> then give me Childress one of those. Probably, <laughs> I want one chili story, but before we're done. Uh, I don't know if I have any good ones for that. I can really, you know, really say. I, I will say this. Um, I've got nothing against Brad Childress, but I think most people probably know uh, or knew during that time that he and I just did not get along that great, uh, did not really see the eye-to-eye all that well, uh, and had really nothing to do with Favre coming in. Um, it just We didn't have a great relationship. I, I think that I was really hopeful. You know, I got traded up here from the Houston Texans, and I was really hoping to be the starter. You know, Tavares and I were competing. I thought I played extremely well in the preseason uh, in, in both uh, 2009 and 2010. And uh, I really thought I outplayed uh, a, a Tavares in both those both those preseasons. But you know, I was still uh, you know in 2009 the third string quarterback, and in 2010 they traded me to the New York Giants. Uh, yep. Even though I asked him, he asked me what I wanted to do in 2010 when Brett came back a second time. I said I want to stay here because I had a lot of fun last year, and I want to make another run of the Super Bowl. And two days later, I got shipped to the New York Giants. So <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I just was not a big fan of him, uh, and not not a, not a lot of coaches go to the playoffs, the next year go to the, 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 a championship game, and then don't even finish the next year as head coach and get fired. Uh, you have to be a special type of something to, for that to happen. Yeah, to yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of what that conversation's like. Uh, uh, Sage, uh, uh, we uh, traded you. Uh, thanks, Brad. All right, yeah, that's good. That, that conversation was, it was, I mean, I, it was a walkthrough, and he walked up to me. It was, Brett, it was Brett's first day back, and he goes, well, what, what, would you, what, what would you like to do? Or what, what are your wishes in this situation? And I go, well, I, I'd really like to stay here. I really had a great time last year. And he goes, okay, I'll think about that. And then I was pretty <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'll think about that. Actually, we already booked your flight, but uh, yeah. good talk. Well, thanks for good talk. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for my input. Oh, man. Great stuff, man. Thanks, thanks you Sage. very much, Appreciate Sage. it, man. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, Sage Rosenfels.